0: Welcome to the HR Power Hour, presented by Career Management Associates. I'm David Chulow. It's about all things in the human resource world. We're going to bring in local, regional, and national guests, and we're going to talk about a variety of topics and explain why human resource management is critical to your business success so that you can make decisions to keep and retain great talent. Welcome to the HR Power Hour, presented by CMA career.com and beryl-law.com. I'm your host, David Chulo, and today our guest is Dave Cafaro. He's the author of a book, Leading from Zero, Seven Essential Elements of Earning Relevance. Dave, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be with you, David. You know, leading from zero. Well, when I think about leading from zero, I think about someone who may have not had a lot of skills, maybe someone who is taking over for an organization or a a, a position, and they don't necessarily understand where they need to go from here. Tell us a little bit about the topic. Tell us a little bit about um, the relevance to the audience today.
1: So that that concept, the way you described it, I think is, is really good. But what I'm encouraging with this book is that wherever anybody is in their leadership journey, that they always take that mindset of starting from zero. So it really comes from the accounting practice of zero-based budgeting. And the concept there is that every time you do a budget, you don't assume that what happened in the past will happen in the future. So you don't assume a baseline of expenses, you don't assume a baseline of revenue. And so this concept says that leaders have to influence their organization to earn and sustain relevance with their stakeholders, with their employees, with their customers, with their partners every single day. You can't assume anything. Just because people loved you yesterday, they loved your organization, they loved the products you built or whatever you did, doesn't mean that they're going to love you tomorrow. So you have to keep re-earning that and you have to sustain that.
0: You know, we talk about this a lot when we talk about leadership 101 is the fact that Emotion plays a key role in people In every day you're bending and twisting and um, sometimes leaders deal with the challenges that emotion bring because, you know, your phone can have a text come in and suddenly you are in this straight mood and it changes instantaneously or that you're dealing with something that you think is the way somebody was happy yesterday. And today it's a different set of circumstances. Does that fit into the category you're
1: talking about? Absolutely. In fact, that sort of leads into what I call this new paradigm, right? This operating model, which is built on some basic assumptions. The assumptions are that first of all, the world is always changing, right? So the concept, you can never put your foot in the same river twice, acknowledging this dynamic nature of the operating environment, and that things are in perpetual motion. That's just the nature of business, And that also in order to sort of operate effectively, we have to recognize that we're competing for valuable resources. So we can't assume, part of this sort of leading from zero concept is that resources are in demand and we're competing whether it's human resources, intellectual capital, physical capital, financial capital, there is competition. And so we must earn and sustain relevance to be a player in in accessing those valuable resources but also sort of what goes along with this perpetual motion nature of business is that disruption is part of the nature of business. There will always be disruptors coming into the marketplace, whatever the industry is. And so we've got some choices to make on how we navigate that ongoing disruption. It's an expected condition. The next element of this paradigm is that stakeholders are always going to expect more of the organization. Right. So, what was good enough yesterday, whether it's the quality of a product, whether it's the price, whether it's how quickly you can deliver things, it's not going to be good enough tomorrow. So, we've got to continually reassess this reality that people are going to expect more. It's the same with our customers, with our employees, with our other partners. And then finally, to sort of wrap it all together, we have to continually look for better ways of doing things. We have to have sort of this obsession with always driving for better, more effective, more efficient in order to operate effectively in this new paradigm.
0: Well, let's punch back for just a second in regards to employees, because I think you're absolutely correct in all aspects of this is that things change and being innovative and being able to stay ahead of the curve is absolutely part of it. HR has certainly dealt with Over the course of the last year and maybe a quarter here, a year and a half, as we think about COVID has changed the dynamics of how people have expected or what they've expected. We had a demographer in here that talked about how technology has changed by 10 years in one year. The amount of technology knowledge that we've had to adapt to change to the way that we work from home, the way that... Is expected of from our employer, or even even our benefits, or our way of work. Each and every day has changed. When you're thinking of, you know, talking about in this particular case leading from zero, I think we all felt that we were leading from zero in March or April of 2020, and that that really that paradigm shift happened. And how we adapted, or how we changed to that, and how we shifted to that made a huge difference. Maybe share a story, if you would, or share an idea that you have, uh, have learned from your clients or from people that may have been talking about the book uh, that can kind of illustrate this, if you could.
1: Well, let's, let's take human resources specifically, because I, I, while I agree that the human resource world had to really reassess and lead from zero, I think we can say that across all elements of an organization but let's focus just on the the human resource element. What we saw is that people had to adapt not only to a very different set of customer needs, right? So just think of what we've gone through in the pandemic era, where what customers need, how we deliver to them, what they expect, all elements of the customer engagement had to change for most businesses, most industries. But the human element, the human resource element changed so dramatically because we had people working from home. We had them working in modified in-person environments under very different circumstances. All of that sort of says this was a, this pandemic really was sort of a turbocharging of change, a turbocharging of movement, but we can't assume that there is a normal status quo. That there's a place where things are just quote stable, Right. Planet Earth is spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. We don't feel it because we're used to it. That's what we consider to be normal. It's the same in the business environment. There's an always ongoing change, this dynamic. And for us to think that something like COVID just was a radical departure, not so much true. It accelerated a lot of change. Now, that sort of leads to something that I refer to as differentiating your business as a human resource developer, right? Developing your valuable resources. Now, this applies not just to human resources. It applies to other resources, but focusing just on differentiating yourself from the human resource element. So consider the battle for talent, right? People want to work for organizations that care about their individual development that provide meaning in their lives. I love the Gallup studies and you've probably seen the Gallup employee engagement surveys, right? And one of the most important dimensions of Gallup is someone at work cares about and encourages my development. Now think about that. How that one element makes such a huge difference yet so many organizations Don't put energy into developing their resources. What does that mean playing forward? Now, the Census Bureau forecasts by the year 2030 in the United States, there will be more people older than 65 than there are younger than 18. First time ever in our country. It's happened in Japan. It's happened in other places. What does that mean for accessing talent? You have to differentiate your company, your organization to be able to attract the kind of talent that you want. I was meeting with a group of CEOs about a year ago, and I asked them the question, how do you differentiate your company when you're trying to attract new employees? And these folks said things like, well, you know, we've got great benefits programs, or we offer really good vacation plans or health benefits and things like that. Those things are important, but that's just the ante to be in the game. Those are not differentiators. Those things, ultimately, you have to have them or you can't even compete, but you have to make intentional decisions about your talent management program. That includes everything from the way that you recruit, the way you onboard, the way you career path people, individual development plans, upskilling. One of the things that I've heard lately, and I've got two clients I'm working with that are focused on this, how do you help people decelerate in their career? You want the seasoned people to stick around as long as they want to stick around and contribute. But there are folks who still have a lot more that they can contribute but want to decelerate. Maybe they've been in the field as a salesperson, and now they're saying, you know, I'd really like to spend time in- in-house, maybe in a product role or in a marketing role or helping to develop new talent. So it becomes even more important that we think of how can we differentiate our business in this leading from zero mindset and saying, we want to be exemplars in resource development. I'll just give you one other data point that I think is so interesting. There was a Harvard Business Review study done a couple of years ago. They found nine out of 10 employees in their survey, 90% said that they would take lower lifetime compensation to do more meaningful work. 90 plus percent. So it is not just about the money. Yes, money matters, but that development, being a resource development exemplar really makes a huge difference.
0: We're talking with Dave Cafaro. You're listening to the HR Power Hour, and we're talking about leading from zero, seven essential elements of earning relevance. I'm your host, David Chulo, and you're listening to HR Educational Radio. You know, Dave, you talk a lot about the um, the change that's happened, but the the human condition, right? The human need to achieve, the human need to be more than just what you are, the human need to have a feeling of accomplishment. And you are right. I've seen a lot of the same surveys. People talk about all the time. They go to work to accomplish something. They have a feel of 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 success. They have a, of, of um, doing something that is right. And certainly that has changed over the years, even today, from a generational standpoint, you know, uh, doing it for not only yourself, but the company now, to the community now, to the whole planet, right? We've, we've accelerated our growth in terms of what we have from an expectation of a company perspective. Well, we're looking at, at, at a leader today, and we're saying to ourselves, well, this is a new strategic paradigm. This is a, a, we have to think about it from zero each and, and every time. That can be exhausting. That's difficult. That's, and I, you know, I talk to a lot of leaders. You talk to a lot of leaders. Over the last year, people are tired. That's just true. This, this rate of change, this need to leave from zero all the time because you have to. can be tiring, what can you share with the audience especially HR professionals, business leaders, owners, you know, and, and seasoned HR executives, help them through what is they becoming more and more this realization that you have to be
1: so much. That's such an important aspect of leadership. And, and I'm glad we're having this discussion because there were years and years in leadership research where it was about the external part. This is about the internal part the self and leadership truly is a holistic experience. And so self-care, taking care of yourself, getting that mindset clear about who you are, what your purpose is, what you're there to accomplish. There was a time when you would look at that kind of topic and you'd say, yeah, that's just the touchy feely stuff. The fact is that we're humans. We're emotional human beings and so you've got to speak to that stuff. You've got to recognize that in yourself, which means you've got to do things like take time for renewal, for reflection, for grounding. I have a chapter in the book that's, that's about sustainability. And it's about sustainability in the context of leading from zero, sustaining the mindset that every day starts from zero. One thing that's fatiguing is when we sort of have this internal fight about, okay, I just need to hold on until I can see light at the end of the tunnel, until things stabilize, until things get back to normal. The fact of the matter is, we have to have this sort of unceasing redefinition of normal because normal is new every single day. So it's about sustaining this mindset and it's on us as leaders to recognize that our organizations and we as leaders have to re-earn and sustain relevance every single day with the organization. So the way we do that is by aligning with this paradigm and recognizing and just accepting that the business landscape is dynamic. It is in perpetual motion. That's normal. Back to the, you can't put your foot in the same river twice, that the competition for valuable resources is and will remain intense. That's just the nature of it. That disruption is an expected condition. We can't be surprised when somebody comes into our business, our industry, and they've got a new way of thinking of things, that's reality. And so, you know, once we sort of accept this mindset, we develop this kind of strategic resilience, recognizing that we're always thinking forward while navigating the current environment. It helps us to sort of sustain ourselves, sustain the environment and sustaining relevance with all of our stakeholders requires this sort of ongoing observation, awareness, understanding that we have to continually adjust. That means our style and for the organization.
0: We're of course talking with Dave Kafaro, who's the author of the new book, Leading from Zero, Seven Essential Elements of Earning Relevance. When we return in the next section, we are going to talk about those seven essential elements of earning relevance, so don't miss it. You're listening to Education HR Radio, on the HR Power Hour on News Talk, WLOB, one hundred point five FM, and we will be right back. In today's highly regulated climate, customized HR solutions are needed more than ever. Career Management Associates can partner with your existing HR department for projects or even serve as your outsourced HR team. From compliance and compensation to investigations and employer relations, CMA provides you trusted HR solutions. Call 207-780-1125 or visit cmacareer.com. At over 150 years old, Verrill has an illustrious history with more than seven generations of legal expertise. With more than 130 attorneys across seven offices from Maine to Washington, D.C., Verrill serves clients across the country and around the world. HR professionals, business leaders, and in-house counsel count on Verrill as one of the premier labor and employment law practices in the Northeast. Contact Varel at BerylHyphenlaw.com. lawcom That's Varel-Law.com. And we're back and you're listening to the HR Power Hour presented by CMA Korea.com and Varel-Law.com. I'm your host, David Chulo, and you're listening to HR Educational Radio. And today, our guest is Dave Cafaro. He's the author of the book, Leading from Zero, Seven Essential Elements of Earning Relevance. During the first section, we talked a lot about a new strategic paradigm, and now we're going to talk about those seven essential elements of earning relevance. Dave, you know, as, uh, maybe I'll, I'll start the segment by asking what would seem
1: like the most obvious question. Why would you write the book? The reason that I wrote the book is that um, as a consultant, and for years as a practicing executive in industry, one of the things that I recognized is that um, leaders in business in nonprofits often focus on the bottom line, but in many cases, it's the wrong bottom line. We get so caught up in the things that are easy to measure, we miss what causes those things. So cause and effect, and one of the elements is leading by cause. And it's this notion that says everything that's an outcome started with some set of ideas and some set of behaviors. What were those activities? Were they the right ones that were aligned with the vision? And did we do them effectively to get the results that we have? So what I've seen as a consultant, as an advisor, as a leader is it's so easy to look at the numbers and focus on those outcomes without deconstructing, without getting into what was it that caused them. Now, part of the philosophy in the book is that everything is an outcome of this set of choices, the way that we earn relevance with our employees, with our customers, with our other stakeholders. And let me add, David, the definition of relevance in this setting, it's about pertinence It's about meaningfulness. It's about importance to employees, to customers, to other partners and so forth. And relevance has a finite shelf life. It doesn't last forever. One mistake that's so easy for companies to make is losing sight of that and thinking, we've got it, we're there. I'll share with you an example, one of my favorites of losing relevance, and I've got many of them, but but one of them is a company that some of your listeners have probably heard of called the Fuller Brush Company. Old company, it started in Great Bend, Kansas in 1906, making home cleaning products. They were one of the first door-to-door salespeople companies. They had terrific sales growth throughout the 20s, 30s. By 1960, which was really when they were in their peak, Their sales in 1960 dollars were about $100 million, so close to a billion dollars in revenue today. Good sized company. What happened, though, think about late 50s, early 60s. Now, their model was they had fuller brush salesmen that went door to door, primarily calling on the lady of the house to sell their cleaning products. Well, in the late 50s, early 60s, more and more women started working outside of the home, Families and the ways that they interacted during the day were different. And so the door-to-door sales model, calling on the lady at the house, didn't work quite so well. The world was changing around them, and they kind of missed that. Now, at the same time, there's this great HR element to this. They were still recruiting fuller brush salesmen when the talent pool they were drawing from was changing. There were more and more women In the job pool, and they weren't hiring them. So think of this, their customers were changing, the sales practice was changing, the talent pool was changing. They didn't recognize that, and they failed to earn and sustain relevance. Now, at the same time that they were starting to decline, there was a startup company. And this company said, we see something that's different here we see first of all, access to a new talent pool we haven't drawn on in the past. So they started hiring women and lots of them and they changed their sales model. And they said, we wanna be available when and how people wanna access us. So we'll make appointments to go and see our customers. And it worked amazingly well and that company was called Avon. And they had great success because they listened and understood the shift going on they were able to earn and sustain relevance unfortunately it didn't work out so well for the fuller brush company because they did not recognize this cause and effect equation that in order for them to have financial success they had to earn and sustain relevance with employees with their customers across the board
0: you it's a great example of of from an HR perspective of looking at talent in a different way. I mean, today we're having a very similar situation where we can't find great talent, or at least if you listen to the pool of of talent is challenged. I mean, there are plenty of people unemployed. It's just they aren't matching up to the talent needs of the organization. So HR is, again, and, and leaders are, again, needing to be creative, to be innovative, to look at other ways to hire talent, other ways to do it, and certainly, in fairness, technology is also a big piece of that, with AI and robotics that are coming in 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 different ways.